Hi everyone, uh, Community Bible Church, and it's great to uh, be able to communicate with you, however remotely. And uh, thank you so much for years of your support uh, for International Arts Movement. And um, while uh, we have went through our transition, uh, creating a for-profit company and so forth, uh, launching our Kintsugi Academy, so I felt it was a time to transition and reset how we um, uh, might go move forward. Uh, but nothing really changes as far as the impact on the kingdom. It's, it's, uh, uh, we have chosen to do the tent making model, um, which uh, seems more fit to us um, because of the enormous uh, creative resources that we have. So uh, so I am so grateful for years of journey to launch us to this point. I am Cultural Care um, Nonprofit Continues. Uh, the ministry uh, continues even more uh, vibrant in some ways uh, than ever before uh, because of the interface we're having with communities at large uh, outside of the church so I, I do ask for your prayers. We're kind of like underground missionaries uh, going into these places. Uh, but uh, I look forward to, in the future, uh, visiting you again. Perhaps we can do a Kintsugi Academy uh, at, uh, at your church. And I look forward to that. Thank you so much. God is love. God is love. What a simple statement. And yet I believe from creation narrative in Genesis to Revelation passages, it all speaks of God is love. I want to spend some time thinking about the three angles of this. Number one, that love's definition for us. And second, love's challenge for us. And third, love's infinite possibilities. Love's definition. Now, I could have started by saying the definition of love. And I could have started by mentioning that the four Greek words for love, storge, which is natural love, which we have for our family members, <clears throat> philia, which is love for our friends, eros, which is sexual love, and agape, sacrificial love. Greater love has no one than this, the one lay, one lay down his or her life for a friend. That is agape love that Jesus defines in his own life by giving his life poured out for us so we can be able to have access and in deep intimate communion with God. 
I could have started out with these four words def defining love in some way and and then trying to argue for these positions and yet I'm compelled because sometimes when you are speaking from the Bible the very word uh, of God reframes how you are thinking and uh, as I was preparing for this as I was praying about this that it occurred to me that that's not the right way of going at it. Why? Because part of the problem <clears throat> with defining a term and then arguing for it is a this is a kind of a typical Western mindset. Uh, you, you need tight definitions so you can communicate, which is true. But it breaks down with the statement, God is love. Why? If you look up <clears throat> the definition of a definition, just look up definition in a dictionary. Uh, what it will say, <clears throat> partially, it, what we, it will say is that actually definition is what the dictionary says. <laughs> it's a circular argument there that sells dictionaries because we need a definition of something to communicate well so we go to the dictionary to find what it says but if you look up a definition of a definition you, the, the dictionary says it's what the dictionary says so definition defining something by word by uh, rational means has its own limitations. Now, a definition certainly has other meanings, expansive meanings. So I'm not against defining the term. But in this case, the problem of defining the word love and speaking of a sacred text that says God is love is that by trying to constrain the and, and add to the clarity by limiting the term, we might lose the essence of it. When the Bible says God is love, this creator God of Genesis, God who created the universe without having any need God is all-sufficient and God in a Trinitarian understanding of creation is in perfect union and communion with God the Father Son and Holy Spirit so God didn't need any of us. God doesn't need us. God doesn't need the universe. God doesn't need the creation to exist. So why did God create? Because God is love. Because love creates. Love generates. And, and in a way, by looking at the creation, you can determine the creator, right? But trying to define that term 
from our perspective will lead to possibly us thinking that we are needed by God. We need to defend God, argue against atheists in a debate and try to win that debate. Now, I'm not against debates, but it has the same problem as when we try to define these terms in a dictionary sense. Okay, lim limits what ultimately what love is, because love cannot be contained in a dictionary definition. Love has to be experienced. And in this case, when the Bible says God is love, it's an invitation for us to simply receive this love in thanksgiving, to be embraced by love rather than trying to define it. We are embraced by this love and by that experience we will know love ourselves. And, and that is a beginning of a journey to discover what love means. And of course, these terms help because they create categories, but that's just an entry point, let's say. Because rather than trying to define love, we need to be defined by love, God's love. Now, you might say, well, uh, that's like, you know, chicken and egg, you know, which comes first. Well, what I'm saying is, God comes first. In the order of creation counts, and um, we're the last to appear. And God is pre-existing. God is beyond time and space. God is not bound necessarily, even though God honors the laws of nature, this materialist universe that is closed to us so that uh, we can understand the world through that mechanism of the world. But just like the definition of a definition, we end up being in that closed circle, argue, arguing perhaps about things that are outside of the circle, closed reality. So what, is, what does it mean when God is love? The Bible says God is love. What does that mean? I want to get at this. So the second point, love's challenge, and the third point, love's infinite possibilities, is predicated on this thought. That love will define us as we are embraced by this love. love's challenge when we are embraced by this love is that because love is infinite the love is generative love fights against the very notion of fear and scarcity that we live with it with daily especially today we are faced with the unknown future 
we are faced with being humbled by both the virus, awakening of our hearts to the realities of inequality that exists in the world, and the economic downturn which, which will cause us to think, well, we have to fight for our own territory and we have to win at all costs. It's nice to think about love, but hey, you know, we live in a Darwinian universe. Wait a minute. <laughs> we have to fight for every inch of our territory? Really? We're losing the things that we value the most for our children. We have to protect our own culture. What is the assumption that lay behind all these statements? It's the assumption of scarcity, not love. Love is infinite. Love is abundant. So we have to, if we are embraced by love, this infinite love of God is gratuitous, is extravagant, is, is beyond our imagination, and we were embraced by this presence of God in, in our lives. We would do things that doesn't make sense in the scarcity mindset or the zero-sum game that we are playing in the world. We would create beauty. We will administer mercy. We will listen to the Savior who taught us in Matthew 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What is Jesus saying? He's pointing to this reality of love, which is abundant, not scarce, infinite, not limited to our own definitions. God is turning it the table upside down in, in, a, in a commerce of scarcity and saying, I love you. I am love. You don't know what love is. So let me show you what it means to be loved. And that's the narrative, that's the story, that is the Word of God speaking into our scarcity-ridden world in which we are so fearful and we're so anxious for tomorrow. What we will eat or what we will wear. But Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. What is he saying? He's saying creation is abundant, infinite love. God has these resources. God has ways of 
moving far beyond our capacity, our limitation. So love's challenge for us is to first, once we are embraced by this love, we realize that our hearts have shrunken <laughs> with fear and anxiety and trying to control the future as if we know how to do that. Yeah. Maybe four months ago, we were in a different world. So today, we have an opportunity to focus on being embraced by this love and being challenged by this love. What does that mean? What does that do? When we are challenged by this love, this generative extravagant love, and this love invites us. Love's challenge is to invite us to a dance. Love's challenge is to invite us to be a co-creator, little creator. We are all artists of the kingdom. Maybe I am called an artist because I have a studio. But you are an artist of the kingdom because you have been created to be creative and God has given you the capacity to sanctify your imagination, to see the future, to usher in the new creation. Somehow, I don't understand this, and yet somehow God waits until we create to usher in the new creation. Because in Christ, we are new creation. And God chooses to not move until God's children says, in response to being embraced by this infinite love, We move, start to move into the world with gratuitous, extravagant love that doesn't make sense in a Darwinian universe. We create beauty, we create mercy, or administer mercy. We understand this upside-down nature of Jesus' uh, preaching and parables and we began to see ourselves in that story. That we're just like that little boy who brought his lunch to Jesus. Did Jesus need that lunch? Not really. He could have used something else. But he waited until this little boy brought his lunch. To multiply them, the fishes and the loaves. To feed the thousands. The message of abundance, message of hope. Well, but we need to bring our lunches <laughs> to offer what we can, to give back in gratitude, and then something miraculous will happen. I've experienced that in my own life. Uh, every painting is a little lunch given back 
to my Lord. Third, love's infinite possibilities. I speak to college students and they have four years ahead of them or three years ahead of them or maybe even they're graduating but they have the whole future ahead of them. And I ask, I start with actually the definitions of love, the Greek words, and I say, well, love will be all of that and more. Now, you might be skeptical. Right? Uh, we, can, we can be very skeptical about this, especially as college students. So I'm going to propose to you something. Let's just say that this infinite love, this treasure, this pure love exists in the world. That, and that it's something that you can encounter in your lifetime. What do you think is the percentage of you being able to experience that? This pure love, you know, storge love, this filial love, this agape love this eros love, all of those things you can experience in your lifetime in a single package. What is the percentage of that likelihood happening to you? Is it 90% chance for love? Maybe it's 50%. Maybe, you know, if you really think about it, maybe it's, 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 uh, it's you know, 50-50 chance. Maybe it's 25%. Is it still worth it to go after that love if it's only 25% of that, that, that you may encounter this love? And I think most of us will say yes. I want to get that chance. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to try to increase that chance. What if, if there's a 5% possibility that you may encounter this true love? What if it was 1%? Would you still go after it? What if it was 0.001%? Would you still go after that? My answer would have been yes. I want to pursue that love. I want to come to know that love. Even if it's point zero 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 one percent, if it, if it exists. If somebody told me that it exists in the universe, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to spend the rest of my life going after it. And I still believe that. But I have good news. Because when the Bible says God is love, when the Bible is all about that, throughout the entire Bible, then I can say confidently from standing on the Word of God that the percentage just increased from 
0.0001% to 1%, from 1% to 5%, from 5% to 10%, from 10% to 25%, 25 to 50 The Bible is saying that this pure love, this all the loves combined and more, 100% guaranteeing that not only that exists, but that it is poured out through creation, through people, into your life and my life right now. That we can be embraced as much as we try to go after it the trick is to receive it to be embraced by that love now that exists in the universe and then let that experience define who God is it takes faith it does you have to put aside uh, assumptions about scarcity and our fears and our, uh, the unknown futures. It takes faith to say, I will open my heart to this possibility. And that's all it is, is a possibility in the beginning. But the strange thing is, my friends, this is true. I have been through some of the darkest time of my life in the last five years. And throughout that time, I wrestled with this question of love. Love seemed impossible. Love seemed so unattainable. But as I looked at this passage, God is love. And the embrace of God for me as depressed and struggling as I was. When I, all I could do was come into the studio and go through the motions. I, I didn't even know what I was painting. But I was saying, God, if there's a point zero 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 one percent of that love existing I want to be embraced by that love because I have come to the end of my journey and slowly I became assured by this presence of love in my life and the percentage kept on going up to this day I can tell you hundred percent that this word is true and trustworthy that God is love not my definition of love or what I thought love was but God is love we don't even have to define that term but we can be embraced and live into the love and create out of that love as God invites us to co-create somehow into the new creation being ushered in 
just simply because I am doing my little part to activate my imagination to be sanctified. And my friend Dr. Aaron Davis says that the best translation of when the Bible speaks of the heart, that word in our English would be imagination. So when you are filled, when your imagination is filled with this love of God, God is love. So God is, is not just the source of love. God is love. God is not just the source of beauty, but God is beauty. When you are embraced by this God, you are changed. To become more creative, more imaginative, wildly imaginative, as the Holy Spirit sanctifies our inner being. Our communities become this joyful noise of beauty and truth and goodness that seems so unlikely to exist today. The beloved community that God creates together in us is where we find how this love can be defined. So we can be part of this beloved community. We can create into this new creation now. Let's begin that journey today. Let's together journey into that mystery. All we have to do is to be embraced by the possibility of that love. God bless you.